Hi guys, so today we're going to carry on with our Ancient Ways series and today we're going to be looking at the great topic of giving. The Ancient Ways series is a series that we've been going through pretty much through most of lockdown. If you're new to this or you've missed any of the teaching, then if you go on our website www.hopesittingbourne.org, there's a little menu that you can click at the top of the webpage that says sermons and that will take you through and you'll see all of the messages uh, from lockdown and even before podcasts and video versions particularly for those in lockdown so you can catch up on those but we've covered things like fasting and prayer and pilgrimage and communion and it's been a great series i've really really enjoyed it and the whole premise of ancient ways was a load of simple and reproducible practices that jesus entrusted to his early disciples with the whole thing being that we were meant to have these things entrusted to us. So through that generational line from Jesus to the disciples, and then every disciple after that, we would be entrusted the same things, the same practices, the same spiritual disciplines that Jesus entrusted and demonstrated and apprenticed his disciples in as well. But somewhere along human history, certain practices have been neglected. Some have been elevated above others in different church traditions. And that has left us kind of missing out in some ways spiritually i think actually it leaves us weaker and so we've wanted to just go back into the word and just rediscover what these practices are learn from others that are already doing them in, and have a strength in that area and just kind of make a little commitment in our own heart how do we normalize this how do we start to practice these ancient ways again because it will do us good and ultimately if it does us good it will really help us on our mission of making healthy disciples who reproduce after jesus and so today's talk is about giving. And so just before I start, I just want to share a great little story with you about a woman who was on an aeroplane. And before she got on the aeroplane, she bought some donuts from the airport lounge. And this was obviously before lockdown because we're not allowed on airplanes now. But she bought some donuts and then she sat in her seat. And then another gentleman came and sat in the seat next to her. And um, she sat down, kind of got her music on. And then all of a sudden she heard a rustling. And uh, she saw the gentleman with her bag of donuts and he started to eat one. And um, the woman was incredulous and she, she didn't say anything, but she sort of just, you know, started getting a little bit funny about it. And um, then the next thing, the man took another one and he started eating that one as well. And so the woman thought, well, how do, I, how do I deal with this without creating a scene? So she put her hand in her bag of donuts and pulled one out and she started to eat it. And the man just looked at her and smiled and nodded. And so this happened a couple more times. The man had a donut, the woman had a donut, and then eventually the woman's bag of donuts was empty. The man crumpled it up and put it on the floor. And the woman was absolutely seething inside and didn't want to create a scene on the airplane. She sort of thought, well, they're, they're only donuts. They're my donuts, but they're only donuts. And um, the, the man just sort of smiled at her kindly. And then eventually the end of the flight came and um, the woman went down to get her bag. And as she opened her bag, she saw in her bag her whole bag of donuts. And it dawned on her that it wasn't her bag of donuts that the man was eating. It was, in fact, his own bag of donuts. And so not only had this man not been eating her donuts, but she had, in fact, been eating his donuts. And the way that we treat those donuts really does depend a lot on whose we think that the donuts are. And so that great little story leads us on now to 1 Chronicles 29. We're going to use this basically as the foundation just for our short 
message today on giving and generosity and stewardship. Uh, it's going to be quite broad, but we're going to focus in predominantly on, on treasure, on finances, um, and how we're generous with our giving. And so 1 Chronicles 29, I'm just going to read, it's on the screen, um, just beyond the camera. Um, verse 13, it says, Now our God, we give you thanks and praise your glorious name. But who am I and who are my people that we should be able to give as generously as this? Everything comes from you. And we have given you only what comes from your hand. The whole principle of generosity, of giving, kind of comes under the overarching word, really, the principle of stewardship. That ultimately, everything comes from God. Everything has been entrusted to us by God. Not just financially, not just our resources, but our very breath is, is, is given to us as a gift by God because he's still got purposes for us in the earth. Our family, our home, our work situation, where we live, the place where we actually are rooted right now is not a coincidence. It's not of our own doing, but actually it's all part of God's rich tapestry that we would steward this, our very life, all of life, to bring glory to God. And so we're not just talking here about giving. We're talking about that God has generously resourced us for all of life and for all of godliness. He's given us all that we need. And ultimately, it's our responsibility from the overflow of our heart to think, well, these things aren't mine. I don't get to hold or to hold on, but I'm stewarding these things. All of these resources, my time, my talent, my treasure. We'll talk a little bit more about those three things in a minute, but we're stewarding our time and our talent and our treasure as part of our worship for Jesus because we're all in. In the Gospel of Mark, in chapter 12, Jesus is talking to the disciples and, and they're having to pay taxes. And, and Jesus says, pay to Caesar what is Caesar's, give to God what is God's. And I believe we probably, the big challenge for us is that we give actually all to Caesar. We give all to the world and we give little to God. I'm not just talking about the Christian principle of tithing and the 10%. I'm just talking about being all in. Are we all in for Jesus? Everything. All of us. Our whole fiber, our whole being, our life. Out the, out the way that we work. The way that we deal with other people. The way that we think of ourselves. Or we do, do we just think, actually I'm going to give maybe a couple of hours on a Sunday. Maybe a couple of other hours midweek. I'll give that to God. I'll give that to church. But actually that's it. I've got a busy life. I've got enough. My diary's full. That can be the challenge, whereas stewardship is seeing that all of life is given to us by God as a means of bringing glory to himself. That's kind of part of the family business as being a disciple, is that we would recognize that all things have been entrusted to us. And so first, there's our time. I won't spend a lot of time talking about time, but we live in a very fast paced world. There's a lot of things that are vying for our attention all of the time. And the big challenge really is, is allocating a meaningful amount of time just to be on mission for God. They're actually considering that all of our life really is a mission field um, and that we don't do mission, but we are mission. Our life is an expression of mission. It's not that, oh, well, I'll do mission on a, on a Tuesday night at seven o'clock, but it's actually that all of my life, I'm looking for missional opportunities. And so if we're able to give our time, our diary, our calendar to God and say, God, all of this is yours. Would you come through and break through? Would you start my day off with an encounter with someone that I might be able to represent you then that liberates us from having to think, oh, I've got to go on mission now. I've got to go door knocking or I've got to go and you know, do whatever. 
actually all of life then becomes an missional opportunity. And that's a beautiful thing. We see Jesus basically does that with the disciples. He calls them to follow him and he makes them fishes of men. And all of life, they're wandering here, there and everywhere. And they are on all of life mission. It's a beautiful thing. The next thing is our talent. And so talents are gifts, things that we've been entrusted, spiritual gifts by God. Um, that are basically for the building up, it says in Ephesians 4, for the building up and the edifying of the body. That the gifts we've been entrusted aren't so that we can build our own platform. So if I've got the gift of preaching, now that's debatable. But if I've got the gift of preaching, it's not for me to build a platform in my own ministry to elevate myself so that I can get a nice watch and a nice suit and a jet and become like a big platform international speaker. But ultimately, it's so that Jesus can be made known and so that other people can be built up in Jesus. If someone's been entrusted an evangelistic gift, it's so that they can lead people to Jesus and so that it's also that they can equip others of us to be able to do the same, that we would all be effective witnesses. If someone's got the prophetic gift, it's not that they can give everybody words, although that might be an expression of it, but it's so that they can help the whole of the church begin to hear and discern the voice of God for themselves. If someone's got a teaching gift, it's so that they're able to, to teach and to mature disciples that have just come to faith all the way through to maturity so that the body of Christ would be well fed so that as lambs we would not be going hungry we would not be emaciated and if someone's been given the gift of shepherding or pastoring then it's so that they can take care of the flock and so that they can help the flock to take care of one another all of these gifts that we've been entrusted our talent talents are not to be spent on ourselves for our own self-promotion so that we might get a ministry or be recognized but so that we might sacrificially serve other people these gifts are to be laid at the feet of jesus so that he would be known through our sacrificial living and then the last thing is our treasure and this is where we're going to spend the bulk of our time i, I very genuinely just want to talk to today about generosity about giving and so just to reframe these couple of verses in 1 chronicles 29 i just want to give you the background to what's going on in those couple of verses about everything coming from god king david is wanting to build an amazing temple for god and he calls the whole of the nation of israel to generosity to giving sacrificially and it says in 1 Chronicles 29 about the, the vast amount of gold and jewels and just the wealth of Israel is basically entrusted to King David to build a temple. Everybody is giving hugely sacrificially. Those who have, have a lot are giving a lot. Those who have a little are still giving a lot. Everyone is, is all in to this cause. And it says this in verse 10, 1 Chronicles 29 verse 10. It says, David praised the Lord in the presence of the whole assembly. Bear in mind, he's just got all of this stuff been entrusted to him. And he says, praise be to you, Lord, the God of our father Israel from everlasting to everlasting. Yours, Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor for everything in heaven and earth is yours. Bear in mind, all of this stuff has just been entrusted to King David. He's recognizing it's all from God. They're just giving back to God that which is his. Yours, Lord, is the kingdom. You are exalted as head over all. So David's saying, Lord, you're above it all. You're even above me as king. Wealth and honor come from you. You are the ruler of all things. In your hands are strength and power to exalt and to give strength to all. Now, our God, we give you thanks and praise your glorious name. And so David is saying, God, this temple that we're going to build is an act of our worship. You are glorious. You are above everything. Everything that we've got has been entrusted to us by you. And he says this, but who am I? King David, who am I? 
And who are my people, who are Israel, that we should be able to give as generously as this? The whole wealth of the nation laid before God. Everything comes from you, and we have given you only what comes from your hand. And this is the whole principle of giving. Giving shows incredible faith. Faith to trust God, but ultimately all things do come from God. The world that we live in is very, very subtle. It convinces us that the things around us, we need to have them to kind of give our life meaning and purpose. And so I've heard it said that we exchange our time to buy things we don't need with money we don't have to impress friends that we haven't got. And that's very, very subtle, but it's true. We, we, we buy things that we don't need with money that we haven't got to impress people who aren't really our friends. But we, there's this whole thing of status. And actually, when we recognize that everything has been entrusted to us, to us by God, then really we, we think, okay, God, you're in charge and you've given me things to steward. I'm not going to live off of all of it. I'm going to live off of what I need to. It's effectively like God saying, well, here's a load of resources that you need to get on in life. And use everything that you can to leverage it for my glory, and but use what you need to live off of. If someone did that to you and you were like, well, I'm going to live off of the bulk of it and I'll use this tiny little bit, maybe just like a little shaving off the edge every now and then to, to further your mission, you'd be like, man, you've been so unfaithful with what you've been entrusted. And so I think this whole thing, like David had got it. David had got it more than anyone had got it. I love those verses that we've just looked at in 1 Chronicles 29. Where David's like, I'm the king of a mighty nation and we've got all of the gold here. And he's like, God, it's all yours. We see a very similar situation with Jesus in Mark 12. And he's, he's teaching the disciples kind of about resources. And he says, give to Caesar what is Caesar's and give to God that which is God's. And so the disciples are having to pay taxes and they're saying, Jesus, what should we do? And he says, give to Caesar that which is Caesar's, give to God that which is God's. God is worthy of all of our time, all of our talent, all of our treasure. The world is worthy of very, very little. Ultimately, if we saw things through that lens, that radical paradigm shift, and I think for the disciples, as soon as they started to follow Jesus, this was something they would have got. Jesus said, like, the birds of the air have got nests, but the Son of Man doesn't even have a place to lay his head. Jesus teaches far more biblically in the New Testament on giving and generosity than he does even on heaven and hell. The one subject that he teaches more on is the kingdom of God. Other than that, it's about money and possessions and resources and how you steward those to the glory of God. Jesus saw that these things actually are so crucial to us and the mission of God. It takes money to fuel mission. That's one of the things we're very, very aware of. As a small church plant, we've been really blessed that we've had sort of uh, Cornerstone City Church in Medway helped to resource us in the first sort of nine months to a year of our mission. And we're kind of a registered charity now. But all of our resourcing as a local church comes from our local congregation. We get a, a, a small proportion of gift aid, about 20% on, on a chunk of some of the giving, which is a great gift from the government. But that's not going to be something that we're going to be able to bank on forever. There may come a point in the future where that would stop. And so as we have huge aspirations as a, as a church, as a community here in Sittingbourne on mission, mission costs money. If we want to get a premises on the high street, which is something we've been praying about, actually that's going to cost us a huge amount of money. It requires us all to be all in, like David called the nation of Israel, and they all gave out of what they had. And ultimately that was given to God as an expression of their worship. It all came from God anyway, and that's why they were able to give it so freely. 
I think this can be the challenge for us is that the things that we have ultimately they can have us we need to have everything in a very light grip if we're holding on to things they probably have us a little example of this in our old house uh, we've been saving up as a family to get our driveway done we've been saving up for a while I, I had the van that I was working on at the time and really needed somewhere off of the road to be working on it and we, we felt like we wanted to get the front garden done so we'd saved up a few thousand pounds to get the front driveway done and um, we found out that some very dear friends of ours were in financial debt and it was debilitating them. It was actually holding them back spiritually. There's a call of God on their life to leadership. And this was a real hindrance. And we, we spiritually discerned that it was. And so Natalie and I talked about it. We chatted to, to our kids about it. And we made the decision that we would forego getting the driveway done. And we just gave this money to our friends to get them out of debt. And um, we found such joy in our hearts when we did that. I use that as an example, not to kind of build and puff ourselves up, but just to show that God loves a joyful giver. When you give away, God honors it. He brings joy into your heart. Like we still got the driveway done. It just took us about another year to get to the point where we were able to save up enough money to get the driveway done. But we had such joy in our hearts. And like the reward like from our friends just... Not that we did it for the reward we would get. For, I feel like the reward we got from God was more than enough. But just to see the difference it made in our friends' lives was huge. It was absolutely huge. And, and as a family, we, we had the joy of journeying through that with our kids. It was a beautiful thing. And, and Natalie and I, we've had many, many, many examples where people have been generous to us. Over the years where we've made decisions to try and follow God and at huge personal costs, giving up jobs... Um, I, I left a job, a very well-paid job, to be earning a few hundred pounds a month just to literally help cover the bills when I started as a leadership trainee. And during that time, friends helped us to go on mission trips, sent us to go on holiday. We we found gifts coming through the front letterbox to help us. And so generosity is a huge, huge thing. And I want us as a church, Jesus wants us as a church, as Hope Church Sittingbourne, to be marked out by our generosity, that there will always be room at the table for one more. There's always room for people to find their place and their home with us and that we would sacrificially give and serve not just ourselves, but our wider community in our time, our talents and our treasure. And that costs. It costs us our time. It's inconvenient to meet up with people. It's inconvenient to phone people. When you've had a difficult week or you're feeling frazzled because of lockdown, it takes time and effort to log in online and to meet with people. But friends, that's where the sacrifice costs and God sees it and he rewards it. There's never been a time when I've ever dragged myself to a house group. And I've done that quite a lot of times, both online in recent months and also physically over the years when God hasn't encouraged my heart in my participation in doing it. I've never left a house group thinking that was a complete waste of time. God wants us to be sacrificial with our talents, that we would all pull our gifts like they pulled their resources. We would pull our gifts for God's purposes, not just here in Sittenborn, but to the nations. What has God put in your hands? What could you use for his purposes in our day and age? What things, what talents could you use for Jesus? Has God gifted you in a particular way? How can we help to serve you and disciple you to such a point where you've got competence and that your character is at a point where you feel like you would flourish in using those talents for the glory of God, either in the workplace or in serving as a volunteer or just in being a great neighbor to people? These are some of the things that we need to be grappling with. And then finally, 
our treasure. I really want to encourage you to seriously sit down and to pray and to consider the resources that God has entrusted you. Not just your time, not just your talents, but also your treasure. I've heard it said that the last thing to get saved in a person's life is their wallet. And I think that's true. Sometimes when we baptize people, we should encourage them to go into the baptism pool with their wallet so that that enjoys resurrection life as well. And so I want to leave you with this encouragement. Hopefully, if you've journeyed with us for a while, you'll know that we're not a church that really talks a lot about money. We wait for people to feel led to give. But also there is an encouragement, I think, an opportunity here for us to say, guys, could we seriously consider our resources and say, Jesus, I'm on an adventure of faith with you through all of my life. And I'm seeing my money in a different way. I want to lay my resources at your feet like the Israelites did in 1 Chronicles 29. And I just want to say, God, I recognize all of this ultimately comes from you. Who am I? Who are we? Would you use it for your purposes in our day and age? Lord, help me to loosen my grip on the things that I hold on to so tightly, thinking that I've earned them, thinking that I've won them, thinking that I deserve them. Lord, ultimately, I loosen my grip and I say, it's yours. I entrust it to you. Like the little boy did with the loaves and the fishes when they fed the 5,000. Ultimately, it was, this isn't mine. It's God's to use for his purposes. And this huge blessing and multiplication came out of that loosening of the grip. Could we loosen our grip, friends, in our day and age, with our time, with our talent and our treasure? I think particularly our treasure. I think that we're coming into a season now where we're coming out of lockdown, where there are going to be some huge opportunities for us. And it's going to need all of us, like the Israelites in these verses, to really trust God for his provision. I've heard it said that God shovels the money in faster than we can shovel it out. I've heard many, many examples of that in my Christian life of churches and of leaders and of families and disciples who've just trusted God and they've given away out of the little that they've got and God in different ways has blessed them. Not that I'm not talking about name it, claim it. You give 1,000, God give you 10,000 back. I'm not talking about that prosperity gospel nonsense. We'll talk about that on a different occasion. What I'm talking about is giving in faith. Giving as an overflow of your heart, as part of your worship to God, not for what you might get out of it, but actually for the fact that it's going to further God's mission and it's an expression of your heart towards him as thankfulness for all that he's entrusted to you. So friends, we're going to hand back to Natalie and myself now. I do hope that you've got some questions. We'll try and answer some of those now. And uh, yeah, see you in a moment.